You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. PR Week Editor-in-Chief Keith O'Brien goes on the record online. The entire system is, is based on clients wanting the widest dissemination of their information as possible. So that's what led us down the path of, you know, uh, of untargeted pitches, hoping that, you know, you get pick up where you do and you live to fight another day. We had a chance to catch up with Keith O'Brien, the editor-in-chief of PR Week. He was in town um, in Los Angeles for a series of meetings. We actually met with him downtown, not far from a Disney concert hall. That's that magnificent structure designed by architect Frank Gehry, which is among the most photographed uh, structures in the U.S. right now. It really is beautiful. And uh, the reason I mention is we're going to be hosting a conference on online video for organizational communications together with um, the Annenberg School of Communications and the Public Relations Society of America on November 11, 2008. Um, Most current data from ComScore in the month of uh, March 2008 uh, more than 11 billion video clips were viewed in the U.S., average length of uh, two and a half minutes each. And uh, we're going to hear from a series of experts, panelists, how they're using online video to build buzz for their organizations. We've got a keynote from Brent Friedman. He's the creator and executive producer of Gemini Division, starring Rosario Dawson, produced by Jess Vigansky, former uh, head of CBS Network Television. We've got a, a Meet the Media panel, but rather than hearing from print journalists, we're going to hear from journalists who use online video to get their news out. We're going to hear from the GM of LA Times Interactive, the host of a um, well-known podcast called Goodnight Burbank, and then the executive producer of Bubblicious, which covers the social economy. We've got an afternoon keynote from Jason Calacanis. He's the entrepreneur who sold Weblogs, Inc. to AOL for $25 million. Uh, he's a brazen personality who's known for rocking the boat, and he's going to tell us how he uses online video to rock the boat. Uh, we've got a uh, nuts and bolts panel uh, with uh, Louis Lemire, the founder of Seismic, the popular video blogging platform, Rashi Malik uh, from Kick.com. That's a website where you can broadcast live to the Internet from a cell phone. And we're going to hear from Ron Plouffe, a new media evangelist, uh, OC New Media, and also the guy behind um, an internal um, uh, new, uh, online video initiative at a Fortune 500 called Synopsis. Uh, and then end of the day, we've got uh, The Essence of Viral Video. This is moderated by the uh, uh, director of the Chelsea Annenberg Weingarten Program for Online Social Communities at the USC Annenberg School of Communications. We've got the CEO of uh, Ustream TV, uh, Cody Sims from Yahoo, and Roger Jackson from um, Annenberg Foundation. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few more uh, high-profile names added between now and then. So if you want to uh, join us for that, uh, you actually can save 200 bucks if you sign up before uh, October 3rd, and then there's another savings date. So um, if you want to sign up, you go to uh, iPressroom.com forward slash online video, and we'll have a, a note in the show notes as well. Um, the interview with Keith O'Brien, the editor-in-chief of PR Week, uh, lasts around 30 minutes, and we had a, ta- a chance to talk about a number of things, like the state of the PR industry. We talked about the challenges of push PR in an increasingly filtered communications world. And also, we talked about how PR is reinventing itself 
as the arbiter of the conversation in a world uh, that was previously measured by press clippings. So I hope you enjoy it, and you can hear it in its entirety after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from iPressroom. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. So, Keith, as a recovering PR person, uh, which I am, and I stole that line from Shell Israel, uh, and this is not intended to be a shaming question because I'm a recovering PR person, but um, I can't even count the number of times I see the word PR used as a noun synonymously in respectable news media outlets uh, with the word lies. Um, Is the PR industry's bad rap deserved? Uh, I, I think that there's elements to uh, the media's frustration with PR professionals that that has some uh, basis uh, for you know there is some basis for their their um, attacks on on PR. But uh, all in all, I think the industry um, is is very much committed to uh, making sure that that they're communicating openly and honestly and that they're making that case to the the c-suite that you know it's imperative for uh companies to be communicating honestly uh but i do think that there's inevitably a clash between uh the media and pr professionals over um you know which which facts are the most relevant which uh what what the story is and a lot of times PR professionals are actually uh, putting positioning the story in, in the way that that they feel is most fair to uh, their companies and journalists see it the other way so I, I mean I, I do think that there's uh, inevitably going to be a, a clash over facts I mean in some respects, if you look at political campaigns, we almost live in a opinion economy where there's two facts to any particular instance. There's what one side believes and what other what another does. And sometimes there's three. There might be what, what the journalist believes, what uh, company A believes, and what company B believes. And so it's in everyone's interest to to be communicating in a way that's that's open and fair and you know the journalist is ultimately going to make the decision on what story he or she writes but it's obviously in the PR professional's best interest to be giving them as much information as possible um, to help them you know write that story. Now you obviously have a very privileged perspective on the industry because you are afforded levels of access that most people aren't. Most people think PR is spin um, what advice do you have for the industry about how to manage its own reputation? Well, there's the reputation um, of the PR industry as it pertains to consumers. I think that there, there is a level of um, need for the industry to not worry too much about that. I, I, I do think that consumers, uh, in some respects, think of companies as, as only serving their, their own interests. And, and 
I don't think that that's necessarily the fight that the PR industry should really be concerned with. What I think they should be concerned with, which is, you know, your previous question, is, you know, making sure that journalists know that uh, PR professionals obviously are, are, are advocates for their, their clients. That's, that's an obvious um, statement, but they need to uh, establish a relationship with journalists or with bloggers, as it's increasingly the case, um, that they are going to give the you know as much information about their clients as possible that um, will help a reporter write a, a fair uh, story. The the you know the industry is serving again its its clients either uh, companies or or the C-suite if we're talking about an internal communications person. And um, they also need to, they need to make the case to their bosses, to their clients, that you know, sometimes we're gonna have to go out there with uh, news that isn't necessarily favorable to us, but we have to make, you know, we need to, we can't always just be communicating the good, we have to communicate credibly uh, the bad and, and just, you know, Realize that that sometimes a journalist might get a story wrong, or might um, not, you know, not give any credence to the the company's position on a matter. But in the end, having that dialogue um, will lead the the journalist to respect the the company and its its uh, PR function more, and and give you know, give more, continue to have more trust in that relationship. So, so your privileged perspective on the industry uh, makes you sensitive to the notion of uh, perception and reputation. But for a lot of people, uh, PR is media relations. Mm -hmm. um, what are today's primary revenue drivers of the PR agency business? Uh, I, I think media relations is still what you would say the, the bread and butter. Uh, but I think that uh, you know, we're, with the 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 15 second ad um, or the 30 second ad, uh, you know, having its troubles, I, I, I think that companies are looking at their budgets quite carefully, and they're giving PR a second and third look uh, that they may not have. And obviously, this is tempered by uh, the ec economic situation we're in. But uh, the. I, the, the way I look at the industry is that media relations continues to be incredibly important as it pertains, you know, despite the fact that uh, some traditional uh, general interest publications are in trouble, the New York Times uh, shrinking its, its sections, for one example, uh, that there is opportunity to stay in a media relations comfort zone and, and ride that for some time. But what I think the, the smart agencies are doing are saying to the C-suite, we are communications experts. We're, we are uh, strategists, and um, we best know how to communicate all of your business uh, goals, your functions, your problems, and that, um, that, that's twofold. That's not only one being the end line in communications, communicating to all manners of uh, stakeholders, but uh, A, being more involved in decision making, being, in, being there when 
corporations are making decisions that will affect their their bottom line and and having a, a savvy communications person saying this is not going to be received by your audience the way you think it is because of a because of b and uh i don't know necessarily you know that's that is a bit of a a um a hard to divine define it's hard to define the increase in the you know counselor role how that's specifically affecting bottom lines because bottom lines are you know the billing hours that that go to uh, media relations and other uh, tactics, but that's sort of the the next generation of PR that that we at PR Week are advocating the industry push hard for. The web empowers us to filter and pull content we want anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Reporters are using the same tools to screen out PR pitches. Uh, Chris Anderson uh, posted uh, everyone's email address who had sent him misguided pitches. Uh, posted a scarlet letter on their head, Gina Trapana uh, took matters into her own hands by setting up the PR Spammers Wiki where you can actually cut and paste uh, a script into your Gmail account that will eliminate PR pitches from entire agencies. Um, how does the practice of media relations need to change uh, in a world where uh, push distribution is no longer effective. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, um, this is a, a topic that's come up a lot and it's, there's no easy solution. Uh, you know, in a vacuum, I would say the easy solution is to realize that uh, PR is about uh, establishing relationships with influencers and that it, it, does no, it, it doesn't do anybody any good to just um, you know, blast out a, a release to 5,000 people or, or send some news to 5,000 people. Um, but the, the entire system is, is based on clients wanting the widest dissemination of their information as possible. So that's what led us down the path of, you know, uh, of untargeted pitches, hoping that, you know, you get pick up where you do and you live to fight another day. Uh, so what what we're really starting to to champion, I think, at PR Week, is for agencies to look at themselves and say, is our role uh, as a you know as a is our role to our clients to do uh, carry out their their orders to a T or is our role to be a partner and this goes back to the the previous um, uh, you know discussion uh, about being more of a counselor is, is our role to uh, go to our clients and say we need to rethink how we're reaching audiences because mass media is if it's not you know, dead. It's it's very much uh, wounded. I would say in that um, people aren't thinking of themselves as males or or as females or as married or as single or as mother. It, it's cut into very smaller slivers. You know, you might find that a married woman of 40 has more in common with a married woman of 20 than she does of a single woman at 40. It's, it's the, the, the age of demographics, I think, is, is, 
is over and, and we're talking about psychographics now and there's all of these little slivers and you know that's that's um that's affected by the the proliferation of, of niche media outlets um so what companies need to do is they can't just have a one-size-fits-all approach to disseminating their message. They need to find influencers in these various psychographics that, uh, that represent their customers and establish relationships with the most important um, influencer in that group. It could be a blogger. It could be, you know, the, the mom that, that uh, posts the most in a, a baby... Uh, uh, blogger thread or a baby um, product thread and uh, the, the problem with that is that that's that's assuming that that person wants a relationship with a PR person and that's not always going to be the case so it's an imperfect system um, but uh, you know I think the industry as a whole realizes that um, that you know a, a untargeted pitch just blasting out to everyone is not the way to to go forward and what I think is really uh, telling is you'll find the providers of of media distribution lists are one of the most vocal in uh, are, are among the most vocal in telling people you shouldn't just take all these names and send them one you know you got to look amongst our list to find the relevant people be very targeted because you know it, it if, if PR people continue to uh, do these, you know, these blasts to everyone that, that aren't targeted, uh, th these blacklists and these sort of things are going to come up again and again. But, you know, having been at one point in my career a junior person at a big PR firm, mm. you know, the pressure is there to get media coverage. Right. And ultimately, at the end of the day, your job depends on your ability to get coverage because you're being measured against clips. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in that desperate um, moment, you know, the idea is, hey, let's get out to all these automotive journalists or let's get out to all these lifestyle journalists. And I guess what you're saying is that, you know, as we become more sophisticated at how we consume media and information that it's impossible to effectively reduce a journalist's interests to a beat line in a database. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, we saw Steve Rubell and Mike Arrington recently post uh, to their blogs questioning uh, the industry's future and viability if it looks at media relations as its mainstay. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess the question is, is the notion of shotgun style push PR part of the industry's problem. Yes, absolutely. And uh, what, again, PR Week, I think, is, is being pretty um, vocal about is we have problems with multipliers and, and impressions as metrics. Uh, we're taking the stance that there are, we're not saying that there's a, a silver bullet um, for metrics that can replace those things, but we do need to transition away from them. Um, there was one story we, we found um, recently where, you know, the, the, uh, the, the goal of the campaign was to target uh, a small West Coast state, and the multiplier made the impressions four times the population of that state. I mean, that's not credible. That's not, that's, that's not a, a effective way of measuring success. So... We, we do think that the industry should t 
tie itself more, or the industry should find better metrics uh, tied to, to business goals. And we're not there yet. So I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that, you know, impressions needs to immediately be dropped as, as a go-to metric for measuring success. But um, we do feel that it, it's all, everything's wrapped into this, this chain of events that corporates are asking for, you know, a lot of corporates are asking for media impressions and agencies need to deliver that so it falls to the younger, uh, the junior PR professional to, to do that shotgun approach. And there are problems in each link in, in that chain and it's, it's not, like I said at the, at the onset, it, the problems that are affecting the industry are not, um, you know, it can't be solved overnight, but uh, I do think there's this better awareness uh, in the industry that, you know, there are things that need to change and there are things that the industry does very well. I don't want to be doom and gloom, um, but there are things that, that the industry needs to change. And, and the fact that there's a dialogue about that is, I think, beneficial. And, and to go back to PR Week, a, a lot of the stuff we're covering now, a lot of our features are with companies like GE, Pfizer, CA that are reorganizing their their internal communications or their their corporate communication structure uh, because they they're adapting to the future. We're talking to Keith O'Brien. He's the editor in chief of PR Week. Uh, the SEC recently sent out an open solicitation for comments about its proposed intention to recognize disclosures on a company's website as satisfying Regulation FD. Uh, this means that public companies would no longer be required to clear a paid PR newswire to select to non-selectively disclose material information that could affect its trading value. Um, what do you think the impact of this will be on the newswire business? Well, uh, as serendipity has it, we just wrote a, a piece about this. We've actually written a, a couple. Um, the newswires are all pretty much aligned with saying um, that there's still great value in their their distribution model and that they've you know they've been expecting for um, something along these lines so they've diversified their products um, I, I think that um, if I'm to, to prognosticate I, I don't think in the immediate future that's the any of the the major fortune 500s are going to change how they do things if they change anything, by that I mean they're not going to stop using um, uh, newswires. Uh, they may enhance their website, but they still need to reach as many people as possible. And, and newswires are very much um, the the sort of standard best way to, to do that. Uh, smaller companies that that are very mindful of budget, maybe they'll they'll take a second look at, at newswires. Um, you know, from all the, the conversations we've had with the newswires, um, they, they seem, uh, you know, very confident in, in their business model. And, um, you know, obviously it's something we're going to monitor and obviously it's something corporates are monitoring and uh, the newswires would monitor. But uh, I don't know if there's going to be a... I don't think there's going to be a rush to, to for at least the, the major... Uh, companies to alter how they've been doing things. Um, final question. Um, with all due respect to the hotbed of activity 
among social media enthusiasts, and that includes the people listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for the people who aren't listening to this podcast and the PR trade as a whole, um, is the industry ready to jump into the conversation? I think so. I, I really do. Um, I, I, at the onset, maybe I wasn't as sure, but I, I just think there's really, there are a number of very bright people in this industry that um, are advocates for the conversation that, you know, that are very serious and, and about their job, but also are, you know, go into their job remembering uh, themselves as, as customer, you know, rem- remembering that they too are consumers and maybe remembering about a bad experience they've had with a product and the, you know, the response on, on a blog or on a Twitter feed uh, that disappointed them. I, you know, I, I think that the industry is being, the, the, the rushed or the, the push towards social media, I think, is going in a very um, sensible way. I think there are very vocal new media advocates who are uh, probably thinking that their agency or their company isn't pushing as far forward towards social media as they should. And the reason for that is there's very uh, thoughtful, very serious people at the top that are making sure that you know there's a value in it for their clients, that there's a value in it um, uh, for their for their bottom line, uh, you know, social media is is not something that um, we. Uh, it, it's too early for for uh, for PR Week really to to get. You know, we get a lot of anecdotal uh, on background uh, conversations about the bottom line, and I think this might be the year that that agencies are really be able to tell us either. Uh, you know, hopefully for for our reporting, but if anything, just for our edification on on what percentage point it is giving to the it is providing to the the bottom line. Um, there's you know there's a lot of pitfalls out there, and and you know I I, I think the dialogue um, is is healthy. That there are it's always good uh, when you're approaching something that there are you know people that are offering contrarian views because if there was just a rush towards social media it would you know a a complete dropping of of the traditional tactics of PR would be disastrous Um, so I think it's I think the industry is being sensible about how they're pursuing it and uh, you know we'll be monitoring it everyone will be monitoring exactly how it you know changes the agency structure, how it changes how corporates interact with uh, with constituents, um, but you know, I, I think that there, you know, there's a mix of people with a mix of opinions, and and um, I I think that the industry is is progressing at a, a sensible pace. Towards you know, it. as you were giving your last answer, another question popped into my okay. head. Um, so who's running, who's running a better PR campaign uh, for president? Is it uh, Barack Obama or is it uh, John McCain? <laughs> I, before, uh, before Palin, 
I would probably give Obama a, a, a decent edge. Um, Palin has just been a really inter- it's been fascinating to to watch um, uh, and there's so many you know theories of, of, about it that um, you know too many to, to to list now about what was the the core reason for for picking her um, but I mean he's he I think that one of the most interesting elements of the campaign is for weeks it was said that McCain was going to pick his running mate the day after uh, Obama's speech to to cut off any post-speech buzz. And I had thought that it was so much out there in the public. You know, it is very insider baseball, um, but I, I think the public's more engaged. So I really thought that people might look at that pick or look at him uh, announcing the uh, VP the day after Obama's speech is sort of a cynical media attention grabber, which, you know, frankly, it, it, it was. And, and, you know, Obama would do the same if, if the conventions were reversed. Um, but the, you know, the enthusiasm of, of McCain's base was, was such that it was pretty much a, you know, uh, all of the, the media... <laughs> When you start talking about politics, you just start thinking of all the various elements of it. Um, so I think that was, you know, that was a move for him that if it was an average pick, maybe it wouldn't have had the, the same um, resonance that it did. But I, I don't think it's a cop out to say that in the last, I would say in the first couple of uh, post uh, post primary campaign weeks, Obama was leading, and I would say McCain has has led in the past couple of weeks, so it's sort of a dead heat, and there are so many things to consider on who will actually win the PR campaign of the the uh, last couple of weeks, but it's fascinating to watch. We are here with the editor-in-chief of PR Week. It is September 9th, 2008. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.